Happy Friday, everybody. And now the good news. I'm Reverend Barbara Jean, and I am so delighted to be here with you tonight or this afternoon, depending where you are in the world. And so we bring you the good news every week, something that we can use a lot of, I think. So let's begin with some interesting things out of Scotland. A new species of pterosaur was discovered in Scotland, and this goes back 25 million years, if you can imagine. So the Isle of Skye isn't known colloquially for paleontology, but during the Jurassic era, it was a hot spot for pterosaurs and a newly described species of this flying reptile is surprising scientists. So belonging to the uh, clade Darwinoptera, it joins two other species, both of which were found in China and is the second different species to be found on the famous island. The rarity of middle Jurassic pterosaur fossils and their incompleteness have previously hampered attempts to understand their early evolution. The animal now is, <clears throat> uh, the name comes from the Scottish Gaelic word meaning mist, a reference to the name of the Isle of Skye and the Latin word terra meaning wing. So this discovery shows that all principal Jurassic pterosaurs uh, clades evolved well before the end of the early Jurassic, earlier than previously realized. Contrastingly, the discovery also shows that pterosaurs persisted into the latest years of the Jurassic alongside avians, the dinosaurs, which eventually evolved into modern birds. The time period that Siaptera is from is one of the most important periods of pterosaur evolution and is also one in which we have some of the fewest specimens indicating its significance. Uh, and this helps to narrow down the timing of several major events in the evolution of flying reptiles. So its appearance in the middle Jurassic of the UK was a complete surprise as most of its relatives are from China. And it shows that the advanced group of flying reptiles to which it belongs appeared earlier than we thought and quickly gained an almost worldwide distribution. Woo, science, I'll tell you, we're finding all kinds of cool things, but dating back 25 million years, can you imagine? That's phenomenal. All right. Well, again, going into the history books, a geologist found a megastructure built by Ice Age hunters uh, submerged in the Baltic Sea. In the autumn of 2021, geologists discovered an unusual row of stones more than half a mile long, just 21 meters below the sea off the Baltic coast. And approximately 1,500 stones are aligned so regularly that a natural origin seems unlikely. A team of researchers from different disciplines now concluded that Stone Age hunter-gatherers likely built this structure around 11,000 years ago to hunt reindeer. The finding represents the first discovery of a Stone Age hunting structure in the Baltic Sea region, and the scientists now present their findings in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Originally, a team of researchers and students from Cal University wanted to investigate uh, manganese crust on a ridge of basalt uh, 
hill that forms the seafloor almost six miles off the coast. During their survey, however, they stumbled upon this strange row of stones characterized by many smaller stones that connect several large boulders. The researchers reported their discovery. And today the Baltic Sea is around 68 feet deep at this location. Thus, the stone wall must have been built before the sea level rose significantly after the end of the last ice age, which happened for the last time around 8,500 years ago. So large parts of the previously accessible landscape ultimately flooded at the time, but beforehand, the end of the wall likely touched a bog or lake, as can be seen in the basin-shaped depression underwater. Wow, I'll tell you, we're finding all kinds of cool things when we get a little bit below the surface of the sea. So how cool is that? All right. Well, moving along, still looking at the planet, unprecedented gift uh, preserves 8,000 acres of land between the rivers in Alabama, America's Amazon. Didn't know about that. When considering the great victories of America's conservationists, we tend to think of the sites and landscapes of the West, but there's also a rich history of acknowledging the value of the wetlands of America's South. These include such vibrant ecosystems as the Everglades, uh, the Great Dismal Swamp, the floodplains of the Congaree River, and America's Amazon, also known as the land between the rivers. Recently preserved forever thanks to generous donor, donors and work by the Natural Conservancy. With what the TNC described as an unprecedented gift, 8,000 acres of pristine wetlands where the Alabama and Tom Big B rivers join, known as the Mobile Delta, were purchased for the purpose of conservation for $15 million. The owners chose to sell to TNC rather than the timber industry, which planned to log in the location. I think we're starting to get it that preserving our natural resources is essential to our overall well-being. So I'm really excited to, to see what they're doing here and just to say, good job, everybody. We need a little more of that. All right. So moving right along, uh, after the Mojave fires, camels helped restore iconic Joshua tree <clears throat> pardon me, Joshua tree groves in the cherished California desert. These Joshua trees are beautiful, really remarkable. The Mojave National Preserve is having its iconic Joshua trees restored thanks to a crack team of a dozen volunteers, three beasts and six humps. Following wildfires in 2020 and 2030. 23, the National Park Service undertook a massive project to breed Joshua trees in nurseries and pack them into the high desert country, and a team of volunteers are using camels to do it. Uh, camels, two humps, not to be confused with the dromedaries, one hump, would have been present in the North American continent during the last ice age, thanks to the Bering Land Bridge, so the presence isn't a total disturbance. And indeed, the volunteers working with the camels on behalf of the National Park Service argue they cause less disturbance than mules or horses. So speaking of the Ice Age, the Mojave Desert's Joshua Tree Forests are the most expansive in the country, but they were only able to number in the millions because of the giant ground sloth. 
These huge furry mammals fed on the Joshua trees and would have been like double-decker buses for their seeds, carting them around to all corners of the desert. Since their extinction, the plant has had to rely on wind and rodents, which just, you know, decidedly less success. So the germination rate is now extremely low. So the NPS knew the only way to ensure the Joshua tree forests remain as robust as possible was to start a reforestation program for them, setting up a nursery in the Mojave Wilderness area, right on top of the burnt scar from the fires in 2020. And we know after a burn like that, the soil can be very, very rich. So exciting, exciting news. Now we're gonna take a quick little commercial break here, but we will be right back with more good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned. It was a treat. It was a bonding. It was a celebration of men. It was a celebration of men who want to deepen in their spiritual awareness of one another, of themselves. Welcome. We are a brotherhood of spiritually minded and open-hearted positive men. We invite you to join us. And I came in knowing one person. I left knowing all of the group. I feel like I came in knowing strangers, meeting strangers, but knowing and leaving brothers. Come experience the New Thought Men's Gathering, Foundations 2024. Friday, March 15th through Sunday, March 17th. With Reverend Robert Brzezinski, Reverend Patrick Creelman, Reverend Eamon Duffy, and special guest musician Jamie Lula. In Vernonia, Oregon, at Camp Cedar Ridge. Learn more and register at www.newthoughtmens.community. And we're back. Well, we have lots more good news for you tonight. So I hope you uh, stick around for the whole show. So America has a higher percentage of bilingual citizens than the French, Italians, or British. Hmm. I wonder if they have more than the Canadians. Not sure. So proprietary survey and research data from a DC think tank have demonstrated that a greater percentage of Americans are bilingual than the French, Italians, or British, despite these Europeans having a more immediate need for bilingualism. Visits to Milano, Paris, or Amsterdam may have given generations of Americans the wrong idea about the talent inherent in the tongues of Europeans, namely that all can easily produce two or three languages. The America the Bilingual Project was found that the EU average for number of bilingual citizens is 25% of the country's population, while the US is 23%, a few percentage points higher than France and Britain, and just 5% less than Germany, and double that of the Italians. 
There are approximately 76 million bilingual Americans, which is three times as many as Germany, the next highest country in Europe in terms of absolute numbers of bilingual citizens, but also represents more speakers of the world's most spoken languages than any other country. The U.S. has more English-Spanish bilinguals than all of Latin America combined, so it's no surprise that the project found that 66% of American bilinguals are Spanish speakers, but the U.S. also contains more than a million speakers of seven other languages. These include uh, Tagalog, which is Filipino, Vietnamese, Mandarin Chinese, Yu Chinese or Cantonese, Korean, but also French and German. The U.S. has between 100,000 and 1 million speakers of 35 other languages, the higher end represented by Portuguese, Hindi, Arabic, Russian, and Italian, and the lower represented by Persian, Greek, Hebrew, Romanian, Thai, Ukrainian, and Dutch. Obviously, immigration is a large part of this success story, but it wasn't always so. The trend up into the 1960s was actually the rapid abandonment of native languages over the first and second generations following immigration. And it's nice to see that change. I know my father, German descent, and he never taught us any German. So it would have been nice to have that as a second language. Ah, but we're learning, aren't we? <laughs> All right, moving right along, we've got a story here about Christian Bale. And he breaks ground on 12 foster homes to house hundreds of transitioning teens in California. The personal uh, passion project of Hollywood A-lister Christian Bale seems to finally be coming to fruition as the Welsh actor recently broke ground on a children's foster care village in Palmdale, California. Founding the nonprofit Together California, it's taken Mr. Bale 16 years to really get the show on the road after being inspired to improve the foster care system following the birth of his daughter in 2005. Together, California acquired a 4.67-acre site adjacent to McAdam Park in Palmdale, a city in the north of L.A., numbering around 160,000 inhabitants. The groundbreaking ceremony coincided with a break in the recent stormy weather, uh, stormy weather all across North America, and left both the natural lightning and sense of the future looking a lot more sunny. I had a very unrealistic idea that within one year I'd have created a miniature sound and music with kids singing on hills in an endlessly joyful environment. Batman star, star told The Hollywood Reporter, but I discovered, no, it takes an awful long time and really well-motivated people. It's complicated and tough to help kids. It should be a hell of a lot easier than it was, but I didn't flinch for one second. Offering pioneering care designed to keep foster siblings together, the village will feature 12 three-bedroom townhomes, each housing six children. A full-time, professionally trained foster parent will provide care and support. So this is a great project, and it's something that we really do need to see more of in our world. Let's take care of our people, uh, all of them, children, adults. Take care of all of them. All right. So, a hundred year old D Day veteran knew WW2 was ending 48 hours 
before the rest of the world. And he still keeps the historic note. Every child born into the Morgan family of Cheshire will be able to hold in their hands a very unique piece of World War II memorabilia thanks to the current patriarch, Bernard. Sergeant Bernard Morgan was working as a Royal Air Force codebreaker in 1945 when he deciphered a secret telex that read, the German war is now over. The surrender is effective sometime tomorrow. Last week, Bernard celebrated his 100th birthday. Happy birthday, Bernard. And while he had already offered copies of the communication to two different museums, he's vowed that the real one will pass to his family when he dies. Ahead of his birthday, the great granddad read out the note to interviewers dressed in the uniform he wore on D-Day to remind others of the liberties they had won in the victory. Bernard was the youngest RAF sergeant to land in Normandy in June 1944 when he and his team of codebreakers disembarked on Gold Beach where the British Army defeated the 352nd Infantry Division and suffered 1,100 casualties. I'm always keen for the younger generation to know exactly what went on during the war and to appreciate the sacrifice that our lads made so that we can enjoy the freedoms we have today. He was stationed in Germany when he got the message on around May 6, 1945, declaring that the war in Europe was ending via his Typex machine. The note stated, The German war is now over. At Realms last night, the instrument of surrender was signed, which in effect is a surrender of all personnel of the German forces, all equipment and shipping and all machinery in Germany. Nothing will be destroyed anywhere. The surrender is effective sometime tomorrow. This news will not be communicated to anyone outside the service, nor to the members of the press. Following the news, as you might imagine, Bernard had a big party with his close comrades, lighting a huge bonfire and celebrating into the night while being careful not to give the game away. Interesting. You know, we forget that sometimes news comes out a little ahead of when everybody else receives it. <clears throat> All right. Well, here's a sweet mother-daughter story. A six-year-old saves mom's life during a medical emergency. I'll tell you, our little kids, they're really, really smart. We need to keep training them well. In a heartwarming tale of courage and quick thinking, six-year-old Quinn Hill became an unexpected hero when she took decisive action during a medical emergency that saved her mother's life. Jennifer Hill, a 39-year-old mother of three, was at home preparing dinner for Quinn and her younger brother when she suddenly began to seize. The last thing she remembered was sitting in a chair, looking up at the ceiling and experiencing abnormal breathing. Quinn, realizing the severity of the situation, sprang into action. Recalling the incident, Jennifer told GMA, Quinn told me that I actually sat down in the chair that I'm sitting in right now, and I looked up at the ceiling and started breathing weird. She said that I then fell out of the chair onto my left side, and my fists were clenched and my body was convulsing. My eyes were open and she kept saying, mommy, mommy, and I would not respond. Undeterred, Quinn made a spontaneous decision to take her three-year-old brother and seek help from neighbors. 
This is the first time they've ever left our home without us, Jennifer explained. She even told us that she looked both ways before crossing the street. But they went to one neighbor's home and they were not home. And after that, they went to the next home that they knew. And that neighbor was home and responded. The neighbor promptly called 911 and Jennifer was rushed to a hospital in North Carolina. And doctors determined that she had experienced a grand mal seizure, her first seizure ever. I'll tell you, our little kids, they are far sharper than we sometimes give them credit for. So way to go, Quinn. You've done good, little girl. Keep it up. All right. Well, speaking of children and the wonderful things they do, student athletes gift over 100 scooters to elementary students on Valentine's Day. Yay. Happy Valentine's Day. Filled with fun. Over 100 students at Fernway Park Elementary School were left in awe on Valentine's Day when they were surprised with brand new scooters, thanks to the generosity of a group of student athletes. Buddies Helpers, a nonprofit organization dedicated to inspiring student athletes to make a positive impact both on and off the field, orchestrated the surprise gift for 102 lucky students. The school's auditorium buzzed with excitement as parents, teachers, and children gathered for what they believed was a routine presentation, unaware of the surprise waiting for them. Burnway Park Elementary School principal Sandy Hutchinson expressed her delight at the unexpected gesture, saying it was a well-kept secret. This is just amazing. Look at these kids' faces. The random acts of kindness that happened are just so much fun. Random acts of kindness and senseless beauty something we can all participate in so easily. And sometimes it's just a smile. What a sweet gift. What a sweet thing on both sides to learn how to give and then at the same time to receive with great joy and love. Well, I like it. Okay, so new zinc treatment can help to restore lost hearing in mice. Hmm. Well, let's see. Anyone who has ever been to a loud concert knows the feeling of ringing ears. Some people experience temporary or even permanent hearing loss or drastic changes in their perception of sound after the loud noises stop. Scientists have discovered the biological mechanism of hearing loss caused by loud noise, which helped them find a way to prevent it. When exposed to loud noises, some people experience temporary or even permanent hearing loss or drastic changes in their perception of sound after the loud noises stop. Researchers from the University of Pittsburgh in the U.S. have now discovered that this noise-induced hearing loss stems from cellular damage in the inner ear that is associated with the excess of free-floating zinc a mineral that is essential for proper cellular function and hearing. I know that. Their experiments show drugs that work as molecular sponges. Trapping excess zinc can help restore lost hearing. Or if administered before an unexpected loud sound exposure, can protect from hearing loss. Noise-induced hearing loss can be debilitating. Some people start hearing sounds that aren't there, developing a condition called tinnitus, which severely affects a person's quality of life. Noise-induced hearing loss impairs millions of lives, but because the biology of hearing loss is not fully understood, preventing hearing loss has been an ongoing challenge. 
to get their results published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the team studied the inner ear cells of mice. They found that hours after mice are exposed to loud noise, their inner ear zinc level spikes, which ultimately leads to cellular damage and disrupts normal cell-to-cell -cell communication. Thankfully, mice who were treated with a slow-releasing compound that trapped excess free zinc were less prone to hearing loss and were protected from noise-induced damage. Hmm. The researchers hope to test this treatment further with the goal of eventually making it available as a simple over-the-counter option to protect oneself from hearing loss. So the next time you go to a big concert, maybe this will be available. Hmm. Save you some time and problems later. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to eyesight. New spiral-shaped lenses, massive improvement for eyewear, potentially revolutionizing ophthalmology. Ophthalmologists have developed a spiral-shaped contact lens that maintains clear focus at different distances and in varying light conditions. The new lens works much like progressive lenses uh, <clears throat> used for vision correction, but without the distortions typically seen with those lenses. It could help advance contact lens technology, intraocular implants for cataracts, and miniaturized imaging systems. The inspiration for the design came when the paper's first author, uh, Laurent Gagné, was analyzing the optical properties of severe corneal deformations in patients. This led him to conceptualize a lens with a unique spiral design that causes light to spin like water going down a drain. The phenomena known as the optical vortex creates multiple clear focus points, which allow the lens to provide clear focus at different distances. How cool is that? All right. And our final little fun story, because we've got to finish with something fun. Uh, I found Chanel in Goodwill and was happy. Then my jaw hit the floor. In the world of thrift shore shop, Thrift store shopping, unexpected treasures are often waiting to be discovered. And one lucky shopper in Ramona, California, recently experienced a jaw-dropping fashion find at her local Goodwill store. The shopper, still in disbelief, took to Reddit to share her incredible journey. I found Chanel in Goodwill and was happy. Then my jaw hit the floor, she said. What caught her eye was a gown with the label... Uh, Stavropoulos, a name not as widely recognized as Chanel, but with a rich history that left the shopper astonished. George Stavropoulos, a renowned designer, crafted gowns worn by iconic figures such as Jackie Kennedy, Lady Bird Johnson, and Elizabeth Taylor among others. The shopper couldn't contain her amazement, expressing, I cannot imagine how this ended up in a rack at Goodwill, it's a sentiment echoed by many who appreciate the unexpected narratives that unfold within thrift store aisles, where pieces of history find new life. How fun is that? So next time you need a new dress, a new gown, a new something-something, maybe head to the thrift store. You just never know what you might find there.
Thank you for watching this evening and there'll be more good news next Friday, same time, same channel here on the New Thought Media Network. I'm Reverend Barbara Jean and I am always grateful to be here with you. Have a most amazing weekend and just know that the good news continues, especially when we focus our attention on that which is good, lively, beautiful, fun and joyous. Have a great weekend. Know that you are loved and keep watching the New Thought Media Network and like, share and subscribe Hey, and make a donation. It's all for a good cause. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye for now. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring.